Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today, Tuesday, January 29th, marks our 115th program. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialist, and I'm your host for today's program, CDI Management Essentials. I'm joined by my familiar co-host at left, we have with us today Sharm Brody. Uh, Sharm is a full-time instructor for our CDI boot camps, as well as a subject matter expert. Uh, you can see her background there. Very pleased to have her back on the show. Um, so welcome, Sharm. Thank you, Brian. Nice to be here today. Absolutely. All right, and next I'd like to introduce our industry guest at Wright. We have with us today Abby Steelhammer. Uh, Abby is Director of Clinical Documentation Excellence at Novant Health, which is a multi-facility system based in Winston-Salem in Charlotte, North Carolina. By way of background, Abby has over 20 years in the healthcare industry, working in settings including trauma, critical care, rehab, and case management. Uh, Abby implemented the CDI program at Novant Health in 2008, and during her tenure, that program has grown to encompass a system-wide team of dedicated, certified, and quality-motivated specialists that embrace a service line approach and strong provider relationships. So welcome to the program, Abby. Thank you, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. Right. Abby has been a guest on Actus Radio before, but uh, not on this particular topic, and we're thrilled to have her here today to share some of her expertise. So before we get started with our interview, we're going to start with a poll question, as we always do, uh, related to today's topic. Um, we're asking you if you had to pick the most important trait of a CDI manager or director, uh, what would it be? So. The way the polls on Actus Radio work, we can only have you select one option. Um, we, we, I realize these are all probably pretty important, so we're asking you to pick, you know, your most important um, trait or characteristic of a manager or director. So again, we're, um, could, is that effective team building and staff management, uh, strong analytics and metrics tracking and reporting, is it an ability to work with other departments and physicians? Uh, maybe it's future thinking or forward vision in these times of change or other. So also I'm asking you to maybe leave a comment. So we have, uh, you can send your questions into us via the chat portal in this um, platform and we'll try to get some of those, work some of those comments in towards the end of the show. Again, if you had to pick the most important trait, what would it be? Is it team building, analytics and metrics tracking? Ability to work with other departments and physicians? Is it a forward, a future thinking or forward vision or other? And, uh, and send those comments in. We'll be interested to take a look at those and, and work those into the show as we are able. All right, I'm showing you about 80% of our audience has voted. So we're going to go ahead, uh, close this out, and uh, we will return to the results of the poll in just a few minutes. All right, as I mentioned today, our guest is Abby Steelhammer. Abby, welcome to the program and thanks for being a part of Actus Radio today. 
Absolutely. Um, all right. You know, I thought we could start today, Abby, by giving our audience um, some context regarding your role uh, as the Director of Clinical Documentation Excellence at Novant Health. Maybe just some details about your current position. I'm sure folks will want to know, you know, how many staff you manage um, and, and some of your, what, what your day-to-day -day responsibilities look like. Sure. Um, so thanks again, uh, Brian, for having me today. Um, Novant Health uh, encompasses about 14 acute care facilities. Uh, we have an ambulatory CDI program too, um, and I believe you've heard from her uh, often, uh, Yvonne Whitley, one of my partners. Um, so, but mm -hmm. on the acute care side, we focus across the system. We have about 30 CDI specialists. Um, we have a corporate, a dedicated corporate educator that helps to facilitate uh, anything from orientation to standardization, consistent messaging across all of those facilities for some of our provider education. And um, we also have an audit team and then two dedicated managers for the team, which has been uh, enormously helpful over the past couple of years, again, to help standardize our approach, uh, typically with a large system. And when you have a team out there generating uh, documentation improvement tips, um, it, it's really nice to be able to have a few folks to help facilitate all that effort. And then through our audit team, we also um, reference them as second level reviewers, anything that needs to be escalated and or um, we need to have a second set of eyes on or, you know, just, just a, a more detailed focus in terms of what's going on uh, for trending. We can do that with our, with our second level review team. Um, my role is, is, is really um, just to, to keep all of those wheels turning. Um, I, I could not do what I do without the team and their diligence and focus uh, from day to day. Uh, my position has evolved, um, certainly since we implemented the program in 2008, to have a much broader focus. And I now have a nursing audit team uh, that reports uh, through us as well. Um, and they pull specific nursing metrics. So it's, it's very different from clinical documentation uh, improvement per se in a traditional sense, but we've recognized quite a few interdependencies with nursing documentation and provider documentation in an electronic health record, specifically within um, you know, certain service lines. And so having that uh, additional expertise from a nursing audit focus has been very, very helpful. Um, and then I just try to, you know, respond to needs, meet with physicians, help to build relationships, um, help to remove barriers for the team, and, um, you know, support what they need to, to keep going. Excellent. So, so you're, doing very you're doing very little from the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I owe it all to the team, absolutely. <laughs> I like that you've said that, and you've said that twice, so I like that. Um, Abby, this is Sham. Obviously, one of your impressive accomplishments is your ability to grow your department into the new service lines, um, including OBGYN. Can you give some insight into um, another 
manager or possibly a director as to how they could grow their department's um, reach and secure their resources? That is a question I'm asked a lot. Um, so how could they secure the resources uh, for training and staff, added staff and things like that? How would, how would, what direction would you give them to make it possible? Sure. Um, so, so that's a great question. I, I think you really have to look at the needs at your facility and or your system, uh, the supportive culture, the relationships you have with your senior leaders, and what types of things might be required in terms of a business case to try to get, um, you know, what your initiative is approved or at least out of the gate in terms of a trial. Um, we have done things before around a trial um, offering, if you will, whether or not it's a new process or something that we're involved with um, through a collaborative effort with another department. Uh, oftentimes, we'll say, okay, well, let us have, you know, a 90-day to six-month trial and see how this goes. Now, with, with expanding to um, a different service line, which is not really something that a lot of programs, um, you know, specifically with women's services, have done. And, and part of the reason is if you have that DRG-focused program, then you have a limited number of DRGs that you're working with, but the volume is so incredibly high um, for women's services at a lot of facilities and or, of course, throughout a system. So you really want to be able to look at what that return is on investment. Um, we, you know, in, in CDI in general, as an industry, um, I think we are challenged with, um, you know, sustaining our good work and, and essentially um, paying for ourselves, if you will. Um, so making sure that we're adding consistent value to the organization. And so moving into the I-10 transition, if you look at the sheer volume, um, there were some definite impact from, from an ICD-10 standpoint with regards to changes, but when we were looking at that risk assessment was really around the sheer volume um, of discharges that we have in this area. Um, because we also are aligned uh, under clinical improvement and or quality at Novant Health, it helped us to really be aware um, kind of on the front end of that transition of some of the uh, challenges that may have already existed um, between a quality and financial alignment within that service line. So in identifying some of those early on, and we did do a few audits, and, and, and actually the audits really revealed um, some, some very good documentation from what we initially did. Uh, it wasn't until about two years later that we felt like, okay, we really need to look at how to expand. And we started very, very small. With the amount of volume, there's not any way that we could have, you know, amassed a, a huge uh, team to be able to tackle that right away. So I was fortunate enough to have two CDSs um, already on our team that had an extensive uh, background in their nursing career around um, women's services uh, and OBGYN. So it was um, just really through conversations and assessment 
and looking at some of the quality impact along with the revenue impact that we could um, potentially have moving forward. And so we had an assessment period, then an implementation period, and then we really started to look at being able to measure that impact. And that team has been up and running um, about two and a half years now. We have three large markets, so I do have another CDS um, team member who also has an OB background and works uh, ad hoc with that team to focus in her area specific to her market. Um, but for the most part, uh, in a system as large as Novant, we are approaching this population very, very differently than a traditional CDI program. And part of the reason, like I said, was specific to the limited DRGs um, corresponding with a large amount of volume. And so I think when you're looking to expand, you really do need to take some time to do a gap assessment and what is it that you're trying to achieve and then look at how to develop that business case so that it's fully supported by your culture and your senior leaders. And, and, and I found a really good way to do that sometimes is just have a trial um, for a limited amount of time and then see what type of good outcomes you can produce and then see if you can get it approved more from there. Mm. I Very like nice. that, 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 the, the trial because that, that allows you to test it without probably a full commitment. Um, and you mentioned starting with a small, highly skilled team and the assessment and implementation period. So some good ideas there, Abby. Thanks. Absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit about, I'm always interested to know how CDI departments report, and there's different ways that they do this, some to HIM, some quality, some directly to you know, finance. I'm curious who you report to in your organization at, at Novant, and if you can provide any insight into what sort of what your obligations are uh, to, your, to your manager, director, uh, you know, maybe what metrics you report or sort of how often you guys uh, meet and what, what that looks like. Absolutely. Um, so I report to the VP of quality and quality is um, in clinical improvement as well as our patient safety, uh, infection prevention, um, so, so, and regulatory, excuse me. So the vice president that I report to has overview for all of that and then she reports through to our uh, Chief Quality and Safety um, Officer and uh, Senior Vice President, and that at the moment is um, a provider here, so that's a great uh, way to have that um, provider champion that's, that's internal to your area. And then uh, he reports through to our Chief Medical Officer. Um, we work very, very collaboratively with all of our revenue cycle partners. Uh, my direct contact with Revenue Cycle is the acute care senior director. Um, and then she, of course, has a direct um, peer group or team uh, that includes folks from uh, utilization review, patient access, uh, patient finance, all of those things. So it's, it's really nice because Sarah and I uh, work together as, as a bridge, if you will, between the quality and the finance. And I think that's what uh, really 
enabled us to be successful at Novant and to sustain that success. Um, I think the, the collaboration that um, can really be seamless uh, between those areas is, is crucial, um, if you will, to that ongoing success. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very nice. Um, Abby Sham, again, I'm going to fire the next question at you. Um, and this one is in regards to something similar to the poll question. So we asked the audience what they thought, um, you know, traits made the best manager or director. Um, can you tell me what do you think the traits should be? What should somebody have that would make them either a very good manager or director for CDI? Oh, sure. So, so I thought that was a very um, challenging poll indeed uh, because all of those things are extremely important. Um, but I think I chose the ability to work with other departments and physicians first um, because I do know that there's a, you know, there's a variety of uh, reporting structures for CDI programs out there, but but at the end of the day, we need to really be very uh, communicative with all kinds of departments um, in order to achieve achieve those goals and outcomes. And you know, depending upon where you sit within your organization, I think really you know sort of is is um, the driving factor, if you will, at, at where you start to build those relationships and those strong collaborative teams. And so from there, you can then look at um, building your effective team, what types of analytics and metrics and tracking and reporting is really meaningful to all parties. And then, of course, you have to have the future thinking and forward vision to be able to then, you know, move forward and grow and expand. But but I think that ability to work with other departments and physicians is really critical. Um, you know, bridging the gap between the clinical world and the coding world um, is something that just, you know, even, even after 10 years in this business, it, it still remains a challenge. Um, you know, when, when you're looking at those day-to-day -day complex uh, patient scenarios and trying to figure out exactly, um, you know, which way to go to ensure accuracy. And 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 it's you know we're we're always learning in this role. So I really think the ability to work and collaborate with other folks is is crucial. All right. And well, we'll see how I that. see how your your comments line up with the poll in just a moment here, Rambi, but maybe you could just wrap up briefly here. Um, you know, I mentioned some of our listeners are perhaps looking at uh, moving into a management role uh, if the opportunity presents itself. Do you have any, any advice for someone who's right now maybe a CDI specialist uh, hoping to move up into a management role? Maybe there's an opportunity with someone uh, moving on or they've got a chance to expand into a, one of the organization's facilities that doesn't have a, a CDI um, department. Any, anything you wish you might have learned prior to becoming Director of Clinical Doc, Documentation Excellence at, at Novant that you can um, share with our audience? Um, sure. So, so I think it's really, really important that you're an individual that um, you know, values continuous learning and is, um, 
you know, helping to keep yourself abreast of all the newest information um, in and around the industry, um, you know, being, being change ready, uh, being a resilient uh, individual, um, that's, that's something that's, that's very important at our organization as well as just in general within the healthcare industry today. Um, always kind of, you know, looking, looking forward um, for that, uh, that, that way that you can add value to the organization or the facility as a whole. Um, if you can do that and you have the ability to communicate effectively and, as I said, network, uh, relationship build with those individuals that can mentor, um, mentor you and help guide you um, to the other right individuals that you can perhaps get in front of um, and have an audience, I, I think that's probably the best way to start. Uh, I had quite a few mentors, um, not just at Novant Health, but certainly within my healthcare career um, that, that have really helped guide and shape um, not only where I am today, but certainly some of, some of the views. Um, and, and then just, you know, being an active listener. Um, you know, and my, my team will tell you I like to talk. And probably you've realized that, Brian, by now. <laughs> but um, so, so I think really for me over the years, um, really honing in and learning to be an active listener, uh, asking a lot of questions because I am, I am definitely not the expert. Um, and I started in this field really not knowing um, much of anything outside of um, – you know, nursing in terms of hospital business, revenue cycle, uh, coding, and um, it's amazing to me that that even after all of the knowledge uh, that that you know I've gained or that we continue to gain, that there's you know always more uh, just waiting that I that I can't seem to get to because I don't have the time. So um, right. I think if you also are are a very inquisitive individual. Um, you like the process improvement uh, type of work, and um, you you have that that thirst, like I said, for knowledge and skill sets. But I think you would do very very well if you can you know connect yourself to the right mentor. That's great. So being open minded, learning, and and finding the right mentor. Some good advice there again. All right. Well, let's go ahead and. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share our poll results. So, again, we asked folks um, if they had to pick the most important trait of a CDI manager or director, what would it be? So, majority of the audience um, agrees. Uh, well, actually, let me, let me think here. <laughs> I think you might have said 20. I think you may have had the uh, ability to work with other departments and physicians. So, that's 21%. That was a strong second. 51% uh, said effective team building and staff management. 8% uh, strong analytics and metrics tracking and reporting. 18% thought of future thinking and forward vision was most important and 2% other. And I'll maybe try to work a couple of those in in just a moment, but any, any thoughts on the, on the poll results? We'll start with you, Abby, and then Sharm. 51% saying team building and staff management being, being the most. Absolutely. Um, so, so I don't know that there's 
particularly any wrong answer here. They're all extremely important, but I do right. find that interesting. Um, I think I think in in the experience that I've had, and and certainly um, everyone's experience is a little bit different. Um, team building and team engagement, and um, you know, keeping the wheels turning is is definitely um, something that is. Uh, you know, almost a foundation of what we do, but I don't think ultimately that we would be as successful as um, we have been or, or have been able to sustain that if, you know, not only myself and my leadership team, but the team itself didn't really prioritize the relationships that we have, not only with our providers, but with other disciplines as well, um, such as coding, our clinical improvement partners, all of that. So I don't know that there's a wrong answer here, but I do find that very, very interesting. Yeah. Any any thoughts here, Sharm? I I actually thought that they would be a little bit closer. I um I agree with Abby that building the team and nurturing the team is, you know, a must but so is your ability to work well with others. If you don't work well with others, um, unfortunately, right. the team's going to suffer. Here's, here's a couple of good comments we got from our listeners. Um, Margaret writes, uh, leadership must be forward-thinking, strategic visioning. However, they must be able to manage, engage, and support all CDI staff with respect. Must have excellent customizable orientation for new staff. That's that's interesting. Um, Management educators need appropriate training as well. I could go on and on. Must establish uh, policy and procedures and utilize various resources, but it's a key role in the organization and the reporting relationship is crucial. Um, and Catherine writes, someone who's a good CDI manager, someone who can pitch in and help with the daily caseload as needed. They should be certified. I'd also like to see a manager share what they have learned at other facilities. I like it when a manager can look at a chart with me and give me advice on what I could do better. So sort of that over-the-shoulder mentorship there. All right, really good comments and appreciate our listeners sending those in. All right, we're going to go ahead and move quickly here. We've only got a few minutes left to our uh, final pieces of the show. So let me pull up our... Um, in the news item. Let's see here. Here we are. So in the news is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Um, just quickly here, I'm going to be showing you an article published in the most recent Perspectives in Health Information Management called The Expanding Role of Clinical Documentation Improvement Programs in Research and Analytics. As I always do, I will share this link in the show notes after the program. Uh, but this article I thought was an important piece of work, you know, and not just for the statistical work done by the authors. So it's a, it's essentially a study they did in their facility. I believe this is uh, four members of the CDI department of uh, Baptist Health in Jacksonville, Florida. I recognize some of these names. We've actually had Howard Rodenberg, Rodenberg, excuse me, on the show before. Um, but it speaks to um, so it's it's it, they they did uh, four different research studies and they're worth reading independently of themselves. Um, they talk about uh, some studies they did on um, 
you know, whether morbid obesity in and of itself should qualify as a secondary diagnosis. The answer is yes, at least according to their study. You know, whether endotracheal intubation for airway protection should be considered a CC. They thought based on their research it should be, although perhaps not an MCC. Um, they looked at the potential impact of changing from sepsis 2 to sepsis 3. That was almost $1,700 per case, according to their analysis. And the impact of CDI on length of stay, which they found was rather small. Um, again, this is their analysis, and they present all this analysis in this really uh, excellent article that I recommend checking out. You know, what I thought was interesting about it was, you know, those are interesting studies in and of themselves. But it's really um, more broadly that what the article points to, and, and just to cite from that article, um, it points to possibilities for the expansion of CDI efforts in research and analytics. And it says, given the challenges that traditional CDI programs face as a result of advances in technology and changes in physician culture, new approaches will be needed to continually demonstrate the value of CDI programs. The examples in this paper may serve as small-scale models of areas in which CDI professionals may offer services that add value to their institutions. You, know, you, you alluded to this, Abby, is always trying to learn and learn new things and be forward-thinking. Um, I thought this was interesting because it, you know, it's one of my concerns as well. Is is that hey, technology is a wonderful thing. Um, and we are seeing advances that have helped CDI professionals expand what they can do in terms of chart reviews, um, prioritization of the chart reviews. But um, especially as these get more advanced and and the technology that's facing physicians, you know, computer-assisted physician documentation gets better. I you do wonder what the future of the profession will hold. And this this is a nice example of what it could be, you know, more of the analysis of data, um, you know, and, and potentially finding diagnoses and areas of opportunity that aren't immediately apparent. So I don't know if you had any quick comments on this, Abby, before we continue on here. Uh, um, yeah, I know we're uh, definitely out of time, but I thoroughly enjoyed right. uh, the article. Uh, I thought the examples in some of those complex areas were um, extremely relevant, and that's really a lot of what we do to help, you know, prioritize uh, direction and where we want to, you know, tackle uh, or troubleshoot. Um, so I thought it was a, a, a very well-written article with some great information. Right. Great. And I know we're at time. I just want to wrap up very quickly here with uh, our Actus update, which is an inside look at what's going on inside of Actus. Um, we have our conference coming up in May. You guys have seen the opening slide on today's show. Um, if you like today's program with Abby and with Charm, we're, we have a great uh, pre-conference event at Actus. It's one of three pre-conferences we're offering the two days prior to the national conference um, so these are May 19th and 20th. We're offering CDI Management Essentials. It's a full two-day course. Um, day one is going to be presented by um, our instructors, Charm, um, as well as Laurie Prescott and Alan Frady, and um, on some of the basics of running a department, managing 
managing staff, directing your department. And then day two is going to be a joint case study presented by Abby Steelhammer, as well as Tanya Mossinger from Ohio Health, uh, looking at their respective programs and how they've grown them, um, how they have incorporated things like CDI educators, um, how they've moved beyond um, consulting implementation and developed self-sustaining programs. So again, Novant Health, Ohio Health, kind of a deep dive into these two departments and uh, in these facilities and organizations and how they uh, manage their programs. So very excited about this. Glad to have you on, Abby. And I hope our listeners might uh, give it a look. Again, this, if you want to go to actus.org and you check and you, you can go to our annual conference tab and, and read a lot more about our pre-cons. All right. That is going to do it for today's edition of Actus Radio. Thanks again, Abby, for being being on. Thanks, Charm, as always, for co-hosting. We'll see you back here again for two weeks. A little bit more of a technical topic. We're going to be delving into ECMO coding changes. So, as always, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, you can reach me at bmurphy at actus.org. That will do it. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Thank you.